Hi, this is John Walton, voice of the Washington Capitals, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Hi, it's Wes Johnson and John St. John, and we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to the Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. Spoilie Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Three, two. The Empire is no longer, and the Beskar has returned. When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. This is called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GER Pirate Radio. Guys, we've got a fun sports, sports, <laughs> a fun sports-filled episode for you this evening. Uh, another quarantine edition of The Diner. Uh, it's myself, Mike Lunsford, as always. Make sure you're checking out the website, too. we got lots of great content that's going up, uh, lots of things to entertain you or point you in the right direction for some entertainment uh, in this coronavirus quarantine that we're all in it's greatgeekrefuge.com. make sure you're checking the website out but also too you're subscribing to all of our podcasts but for tonight like i said fun filled full of sports conversations we've got one of the co-hosts of ggr pirate radio uh he's a wonderful musician when he's not doing the podcasting thing he's our comic-con correspondent extraordinaire you know him you love him his name is mc brooks hey yo again again yes We've also got, um, I know you're in the D.C. area, but are you Maryland? Are you D.C.? Are you Virginia, Paul? Where are you located? Um, right now, actually, I moved. Uh, I'm up in Baltimore. Um, but, yeah, I was in uh, Montgomery County for a long time. So, yeah, now now Baltimore, but uh, still a D.C. sports guy all the way. Wow. Braving the mean streets of Baltimore. <laughs> for your podcasting enjoyment, ladies and gentlemen, you need to give a big round of applause and a big thanks to Mr. Paul Kraft. <laughs> so we're talking dc sports but we're talking just sports in general because god i miss it i don't know about you guys but i feel like we're all in the same boat here it's just like it's this this part of us that is not there and it's weird and i don't know what to do it's like that weird spot in february when there's like nothing like i can't even think like is there any spot in the year when there's not some sort of major sporting event going on uh well for most people it's the summertime because 
even though we care about baseball, you know, yeah. many people don't. So yeah. it's considered like that that time between like what is it like uh, mid to late June, whenever the finals end, whenever the NBA finals ends. Yeah. And kind of that August period when preseason starts. And even though most people don't watch preseason, they're still happy that yeah, football is right around the corner. Yeah. So usually those summer months are, are, are about it. Yeah. So what we've done is we've decided that we're going to fill the gap and we're going to talk about some of our favorite sports moments just to get a little nostalgic, like look back and remember fondly, like, hey, remember when there were sports? Remember when those were a thing? Yeah. So we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> I want to let our guest, um, Mr. Paul Kraft, I want to let him start first. Paul, it doesn't have to be your absolute favorite. It can be any playoff run it can be any championship it can be just any any season uh, from any sport that you really really enjoyed you remember fondly for whatever reason it was uh we'll let you start off and then we'll uh, kind of go round table from there sure um I, I mean i'll cherry pick the low-hanging fruit i guess and do the nats um because i was i was at the you know the wild card game um, and that was probably one of the, you know, most thrilling sports events I've ever been at, um, you know, at that point when they were against the Brewers and it looked like all hope was lost. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Soto rips that ball to right field, the guy boots it and, you know, we clear the base, you know, everybody's scoring and we're winning all of a sudden out of nowhere. You know, it was just one of those miracle things. And the guy I was with the game with, I remember like after we won, you know, just walking to the car and thinking, man, it's all gravy from here. Whatever happens, man, we got in, you know, we got into the playoffs and you know, we we're going to have a series, a long series, whatever happens at this point, you know, uh, we're good. And we're, you know, we're pumped. That was, that was such an exciting game and a, awesome moment and like you said in dc sports history you know we were just like through the moon and you know little did we know you know we were taking it all the way you know taking it all the way three two here it is the washington nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history Uh, and you know, I was at the, you know, one of the World Series games where we got our ass kicked at, you know, <laughs> against the Astros at home. And, and that was like the total opposite, you know, experience where, you know, we were up 2-0 and now all of a sudden, you know, I think it was game four that I was at, you know, so now all of a sudden the series is tied and like, what's going to happen? And geez, you know, but then of course, you know, turning it around and then winning two more at Houston, just, yeah, just a Cinderella kind of storybook season. I mean, you really can't draw it up much better than that for any team, but especially for all of us, you know, long suffering DC homers, you know, that had finally gotten the taste, you know, with the caps, the previous, their previous season to then finally get the kind of one of the, the creme de la creme, you know, the world series, you know, is one of the, the big ones where you had seven game series and, you know, things like that, where you got to just be battle tested in that long season. And, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. That one's kind of like the Mac daddy, almost of the, championships just because of the how long the season is and then the you know all the series are long and like you know just yeah so that one's special i think and then the way it happened coming from the yeah the one, one game elimination you're down on your back you know that's you know i think that one's that one's always going to be iconic for the dc sports fan one thousand percent what yeah. what was the feeling like so like can you can you take us kind of in the stadium and the like were were people excited were, were like what was the feeling like when Soto's coming up the bat like right before that hit took place because 
I know for me and for many other fans, like we were fully prepared, even though we had seen the magic throughout uh, the magical season to that point, we were so used to the Nats kind of getting to that point and then ultimately letting us down and, you know, <laughs> their, their first round exit. So like, what, what was the mood like in the stadium right uh, at that time? I mean, edgier seat. I mean, I think everybody was, you know, kind of this is what, what we, uh, you know, set up for, you know, like you have your your slugger up in the clutch situation. And un- unfortunately, with Bryce Harper, he always let us down. Um, and so, you know, we've kind of felt like that was going to happen. I think everybody had this anticipation, like, you know, it was kind of a special run. And everybody that was a, a seam head kind of knew, like, we had a terrible first month of the season, but other than that, we were playing ridiculously well. Um, and so I, I felt like it was a little different vibe. You know, I've been in those other those other games that you've talked about where we've gone away losers. And a lot of times we felt like, uh, you know, heading into the fourth quarter, we're going to lose or, you know, you know, somehow there's going to be a puck that bounces off of somebody's helmet off the post and off the back of the goalie and we lose. You know, we've been in we've been about about 12 of those. <laughs> with the caps, oh, with yeah. the caps, yeah. you know, and so it's like we did it, this. Everybody was kind of edge of their seat, you know. I can't say that everybody was like he's he's not going to strike out, you know. <laughs> he's going to strike out, and our hearts are going to be broken. Uh, uh, certainly, there was a lot of that, but there was anticipation there, you know, like that this could be different. It's because that team had a different vibe, kind of like the Caps did the year that they took it home. You know, there was just a different feeling about the team that that year, like that there was it was just something different about it, you know. You know, they were just a different group of guys with a different attitude and and it was the same way with the Nats uh, last year I guess we haven't had baseball yet it seems like it's been forever but it just had a different vibe to it and uh, he, there was definitely a lot of us you know that had been had our hearts broken and so we weren't we were on the edge of our seat but like not standing up because because I think we felt like it felt like we I, if I stand up I'm just gonna get thrown back down in my seat again like every other time it is. <laughs> It is very hard being a, a confident DC fan. It's not easy because like True. we, I, I had, we started this thing with this other organization we were working with um, MC and I, and it was uh, called, uh, we, it was like a hashtag we created hashtag believe DC because like, I was so tired of hearing negativity with every DC sports fan. It was like, Oh, same old caps. Oh, same old nationals. Like just, that's all they did. People just trash the teams because that's what they did. And, I with good reason, because it did. They choked all the time. It's fine. Like, but right. I was so tired of hearing it. Like mm-hmm. the people like if the fifth inning, the sixth inning. Oh, they're not coming back. Like, it's not over, man. Jesus Christ. Like it, it would get really, really frustrating for me. But it's hard being a D.C. fan because you have to forget history. You have to forget that crazy inning where um i can't remember the catcher's name he used to be an oriole and he was playing for us weeders matt mm-hmm. weeders basically got his glove knocked off because of um catcher <laughs> interference but right. like that's supposed to be a dead ball rule and that's it but the umpire didn't catch it and dusty baker didn't catch it and it's like how are we going to keep catching all of these awful breaks and never like be on the good side of it? And like Mm -hmm. Jason worth lost that one in the lights and it just like went right over his head. And like just a million times, our big guys didn't step up. Like you mentioned Bryce Harper, like we needed him. Yeah, sure. Regular season. Oh, the dude's a beast. But like in the, in the playoffs was, he was just like, he just would not show up. And like, the intangibles were, or what made that caps team and this Nats team. 
Like there was just something different about it. This Nats team yeah. like just didn't know how to quit. And like if you look back on that season on paper, we had no reason being in the World Series, let alone World Series champs. We had a garbage bullpen. Like it was yep. atrocious. Yes. So so what did so what did Davey do? Davey Martinez was like, hey, uh, Corbin, <laughs> you, you're, you're coming out of yeah. Yeah, starting pitchers are now bullpen. Like it, it was, he was, he avoided all of the guard. Like Fernando Rodney. Like we all, oh, we all knew Fernando oh, Rodney God. was just going to be a liability at best. Like he might have a great inning, he might not. Who knows? Let's play basically, the craps today. Basically, Tyler Clippard were black. Yeah, basically, like it was or Drew Storen. Like it was just like, oh my God. Like every single one of those guys. Like it, I I. Davey got robbed, honestly. Like, they gave the Manager of the Year award for the National League to Mike Schild, the guy who uh, managed the Cardinals. But Davey deserved Manager of the Year. Like, Absolutely. Far and away. Absolutely. Because that, they don't win that World Series with Dusty at yeah. all. They don't even get there with Dusty. Like, no, they, he stick it, with his yeah. guys, you know, I've got to stick with my guys, yeah. you know, even though they're not doing well. I'm going to stick with my guys. And we got Fernando out there and, and all them other cats that were in the bullpen that were stinking it up. They would have been out there getting getting torched. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of Strasburg and Corbin uh, throwing out of the bullpen and winning games for us. I mean, that's that wild card game. Yeah. You, you remember Strauss yeah. came in. And that was the diff. That changed the whole t- the whole tone of the game shut when Strauss down, came yeah. in, shut him down for like four innings. Like yeah. that was that totally changed the the vibe of the game with with that move right there. Like yeah. the uh, we're going home t- tomorrow if we don't do this type of mentality, managerial mentality, which he basically did every game, even when it was game two, <laughs> and there were still four yeah. more to go, four or five more to go. You know, he still every game was like sudden death, and I kind of like that. I I did too. And like, I gotta say, I don't know what it was about this team, but like every single player contributed. Think about like, think about every single one of those guys had something to do with that world series championship. Like even, even your backups, like, cause Robles got hurt at one point in the Cardinals series and, or actually he might've gotten hurt in the Dodgers series. He was out for part of the Cardinals series and Michael A. Taylor ended up stepping up and like that dude, I don't know what that dude does, but he manages to piss me off so bad in the regular season. And then in the playoffs that he just like turns it around. Like he hit that grand slam when we were playing against Chicago, had that home run in game two against the cards. Like he just has like another level and it's crazy. And like, yeah, everybody It's such a tease. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah, because he could be amazing, but he just strikes out so much. And like, yeah, um, but even like I, I don't think Gerardo Paro did anything in the World Series, like hit wise or anything. But he was just such an instrumental part of that team. Like he was like the heart and soul of that team. Like when they needed to pick me up when they were super injured, they, they picked this dude up off the off the scrap heap. He comes into Los Angeles. And what does he do in his first at bat as a national? He hits a grand slam against the Dodgers. I mean, like. That guy was was a shot in the arm that that team needed. Like I, I can't even I can't even tell you. And I'm I'm sad that he's gone, but like he's getting paid in Japan right now. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't even be mad at him. Yeah, exactly. And like he'll be part of DC lore forever. Like he'll never have to pay a drink, pay for a drink in DC ever again if ever. he comes back. No. Yeah. He was but, like, on the call. He was on that Zoom call you mentioned yeah. before too, right? Yeah, he was. He had no idea what day it was because he was so confused because he was like, I think it's the next day. I don't know. I'm in, in Japan. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. That is kind of like the, 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 the crown jewel of, of all of them. Um, if I'm going to dissent though, um, and I've said this and, and I've used the exact same terminology, the Nats world series championship was way more impressive. Like just for everything, like every mm-hmm. single time you thought they were down and they were out and it was over, they came back. Um, yeah, I know everybody's Their I know run everybody's, differential from the, yeah. after the seventh inning was like 17 and nothing. <laughs> like, they scored a shitload crazy. of runs and they shut people down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that is nuts. Um, everybody loves game seven because, you know, that's when you win the World Series. But I, I contend that game six is the reason why you won game seven. Not just because obviously you need to win game six. Like it could have been a <laughs> sloppy performance and they could have like eked it out by a run. But like. Soto hits that home run to tie the game after Bregman hit that home run to take the two nothing lead. And Bregman carries his bat to first, first base and then yeah. Soto hits one and Soto carries it too. And then yeah. <laughs> Pedro Martinez, Pedro Martinez in the post game interview asked him, he was like, so what's up with that, man? Why'd you do it? He goes, I don't know. I thought it was cool. And like, yeah, yeah. That's just I love like, it. It, yeah. it was awesome. It, there was a swagger that this team never had before. And like when that happened, when they took the lead, and then Trey Turner gets called out on that bullshit call of of runner interference, and Davey just gets in the umpire's ass. I was like, yeah. they're winning the World Series. I right. was like, Davey just said it right there. Like, because any other manager wouldn't have gotten that upset. But Davey was like, no, I'm fighting for my guys. This is bullshit. And then, like, yep. granted, he's gone now, but, like, Rendon turns around and hits that home run. Right like, to after. put him up. Yeah. Like, that was just, you couldn't have asked for a better moment like that game was perfect because yeah the Astros got up early and then like I don't know what the hell was wrong with AJ Hinch why did he pull Grinky? dumb dumb <laughs> well I mean like Grinky had just given up the home run um so it was now two to one and then he walked the next guy and then he put in Harris after that yeah I... if I remember correctly Harris walks a guy and it loads the bases and then uh how he hits the the shot off the pole mm-hmm. but like what the base yeah, I remember, weren't loaded yeah. today. I'm trying to remember how that went. I'm trying to remember how I think you're mixing the two. He he the bases weren't loaded because the bases were loaded. He hit the, the grand slam in the Dodgers series. Dodgers, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It was I think, three run I think shot. that one yeah, was just a three run shot. Yeah. Because okay. they walk so they yeah. walk so though they get to Howie. Yeah, you're right. I'm mixing them up. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so it's – but, yeah, no, he definitely hit – yeah, because it was – was it a two-run shot? Cause that, yeah, it was a two-run shot because I would have put him up three to two. So there you go. Because then the next inning is when um, – or two innings from that is when Soto hits his uh, RBI and the Nats start piling on because they ended up winning six to two. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just like – Still, that whole – the whole sequence, all of it. Like – and the fact that like normally when it comes to – like boneheaded managerial decisions, it's normally our guy that does it. Yeah. And instead, this time it was the other way around because AJ Cole never even stepped on the field. Garrett You're, Cole. Or Garrett. I'm, 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 I'm mixing AJ Hinge and Garrett Cole. Yeah, okay. Garrett Cole, yeah. Ne- they never even called him out of the bullpen, like at all. Mm-hmm. And he probably should have been on the mound at some point. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, right. he, uh, yeah. His and his reasoning behind it didn't make a uh, didn't make a ton didn't make a ton of sense, which was he he wanted to like if they had gotten out of that inning then he would have then then he would have, but after how he hits the home run then 
just decided not to. <laughs> he was just like, fuck <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. And then, like, just the fact that, like, our guys were were the ones that, that did it this time. That That's what was so amazing to me was because so many times it was the other way around. It was like the other team stepped up. And, like, they just had these amazing moments. And it was, like, our guys that did it. And it was just, like... Even if we had lost that World Series, I still think I would have been, like, super happy with the way that they played. But, like, the fact that they managed to gut it out and win it was just even better. It was just the icing on the cake. So, um, MC, like, I mean, we've kind of talked about this one. But I want you to go <laughs> ahead and do your um, your 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 pick for, for a run that was just incredible. Like, that you really enjoyed. Or, or just uh, one that was your favorite that has a lot of meaning to you personally. Well, okay. Well, this one, this one is easy. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very easily. If you've, I mean, obviously, Mike, you know because you you put it in there to begin with. Yeah. If you remember the original overflow intro, it's from the. There's a, a very famous run that we actually mentioned earlier uh, in this podcast, which is the, uh, from the 2012 skin season. And I remember that year. I mean, that year, just in general, for me, just sports stuff aside was already kind of like kind of really dope i had like a, a bunch of really amazing stuff happen musically and as far as opportunities and stuff so like, i was already super excited because the skins were trash <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we had just endured a, a year of sexy rexy <laughs> and john beck <laughs> we had just endured and we had just endured that and i remember you know, like I, I've been keeping up with college football, so like I've been watching the, this kid from Baylor who was pretty incredible, and it was like, wow, it'd be really cool to get that guy for once. And lo and behold, they trade up, they get him, and I just remember that year. That year, it just felt really magic. It was just really fun as a fan to watch, and it was just it was really magical, especially once they got uh, once they. Uh, like past the three and six start because there were a couple really great moments early. If you remember they, uh, the, the Saint, the coming out party against the saints with that, the, the infamous 88 yarder to, to Garcon. That's awesome. You had the, yeah. the, the Minnesota, the, the, the run in the Minnesota game, um, which, you know, is, was the announcer said it was a designed run. It was not a designed run. He just took off because it was a blitz and everyone was covered and turned out to be really smart. Um, but yeah, three and six, and you get obliterated at at your uh, homecoming game by the Steelers. Uh, same game that Hall got kicked out for, you know, saying "f you" to a ref. Yeah. And just look dismal. And then next thing you know, seven straight. And and then there were just a, a ton of really great moments. Uh, the the uh, the eight touchdowns in in what was it? Eight touchdowns in five days or something like that. Oh, the Dallas think, game and then the uh, Giants game. Yeah, well, no, it was the other way around. It was they played somebody the Sunday and then they played Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, it was yeah, definitely it was, one of them was the, Dallas. I think it was I the Eagles. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Eagles beforehand, then Dallas on Thanksgiving, and then, I mean, what? There's no greater moment if you are a lifelong Skins fan like <laughs> I had, like I was at that point. If you are a lifelong Skins fan, there's no better. There's no better feeling than beating the Cowboys, even even if. It's the only game you win in the season. There's just no sweeter feeling. So the fact that, you know, uh, they, you know, you come out of the Ravens game with a victory, which by all, after Robert got hurt, 
like she, you had no business winning that game. Yeah. But hey, True. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk with the with the nice fade in the corner to Garcon, then the the QB sneak on the two point, and then the unsung hero Richard uh, Richard Crawford with the the punt return, even though he got caught by the kicker, and that you should. Never get caught by the kicker. As like the unwritten rule of special teams, you, you can get caught by anybody. You you can trip on turf. You cannot be caught by the kicker on that play. But um, just the the entire run, and then like I said, ending with uh beating beating Dallas. Uh, I actually just rewatched um the the highlights from that. I actually, just came up in a YouTube video I watched recently. Uh, but you know. Beating that, winning that game, Rob Jackson with the improbable interception that seemingly never happens for us. Like we're the normally, whoever our quarterback is is throwing that interception on a dump off route. So like it was, it was, it was great. Like just, just I mean, the aftermath of that season sucked because it it led to a ton of division among fans and meet local media. Since then, like even to this very day, that very season has, has it, it, it is completely torn apart the, the the unity that seemingly kind of existed uh, before then. Yeah. Um, but it was still really fun. It was still a, a really magical year, and you know I'll I'll always look fondly back on those memories, even though we I do think they beat Seattle if Robert never gets hurt. Uh, even, I mean, like before then, if he if he never gets hurt, he probably torches that that Seahawks secondary, and you know we're we're things are very very different. But fortunately, things happened the way they happened, and um, like I said, it was that it, it was a really fun year. Yeah, it absolutely was, and like watching them go from three and six, I remember like specifically posting on my Facebook. I remember saying, "Hey, thanks um uh, thanks Redskins because now I can actually be productive on Sundays. Appreciate it. Season's over." And them just rattling off seven wins in a row. It was just like it was it was magical. Like they could do no wrong. And like I think we all probably missed the signs that RG3 was more hurt than he actually was. Um and and nobody wanted to be the the wet blanket at the party and nobody wanted to say oh well he shouldn't be playing everybody was just like no let the kid play and like he probably should have stopped playing after that baltimore game and it should have been cousins for the rest of the way or at least like give him like four weeks off into the playoffs like but then then it becomes a thing of well if kirk let him this way far maybe he should be the one who's take him into the play i mean like it's it's a whole thing i mean we can second guess it forever but yeah like it was it was cool to be proud to be a Washington football fan for a second, you know, like because normally yeah. it's just embarrassment after embarrassment. And I still to this day, like it's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, like what could things have been had RG3 stayed healthy and stayed in D.C.? Like, I just think like I just wonder if Dan Snyder wouldn't allow it because he's just he, <laughs> he just manages to bungle everything and get involved and mess things up because he thinks he's somehow helping and like i don't i don't know like they've never had sustained sustained success and i think that he's the reason why um and it, it would have been the same thing it would have been just more of the same that we always see i agree i i i agree but I, but i i do think i mean 
I always talk about the year like it it was um I mean there's like I I do feel like 2013 would have been very different. I'm I'm curious what 2013 would have been would like would it would it would have looked like had he been healthy going into the, that following season as opposed to the the rehab and all of that and then obviously like you know all the stuff that came up that came up from it with him and Shanahan having an issue and and Dan having an issue and you know all just all the stuff and then the the media circus that 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 came out in the aftermath of it like I'm sure you guys remember yeah. that 2013 season how seemingly every week on Sunday about an hour and a half to two hours before kickoff there was some story coming out about our about the team. It was, you know, RG3's dad says, you know, Mike is blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, so-and-so's uh, Robert said he doesn't want to look at bad film in, in the, uh, in, in, in the uh, film sessions. Or half the team thinks that he sucks and that Kirk is the, is the, the better guy. And just all, just all this stuff that, that was just unnecessary reporting at the time. And yeah. I feel like, you know, without without injury, like that that year's probably very different. I don't know if, if Mike Shanahan's tenure is any different. I'm sure he probably still gets fired at some point because he wasn't very good. But see, I, I, if they followed up the two thousand twelve season, again, where it's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, he doesn't get hurt. They go into that playoff game against Seattle and they manage to beat Seattle. I don't remember who was next on the schedule for them. Like if they won that game in Seattle, but like uh, I, I actually don't remember. That's a good, yeah. that's a good question. Seattle ended up going into the uh, Super Bowl, didn't they? Yeah, no, 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 no. They they lost that year because uh, they lost because um, that was the year the the Niners went. The, the, it was Niners Ravens that Super Bowl. Because at yeah, that point, yeah, that was Kaepernick, yeah. Yeah, because I remember if you remember at that point, and I think it ended the following season or maybe the year after. There was this whole thing about how uh, every like uh, the skins always beat the team that eventually goes on to win mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Yeah. It had been true for a number of years up to that point. Yeah, I'm looking at who they would have played. I'm yeah, and that was the that was the game in San Francisco where the lights were, you know, the lights went out in the middle of the game. San Francisco and Seattle, I think it was the NFC uh, yeah. championship game, and they had like this three hour, two hour delay because the lights went out. Oh, no, that was the oh, Super Bowl. No, that was the Super Bowl. Yeah. What? That was oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that, oh that, you're right. That was the Super Bowl. Oh, Same yeah. year, but the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. I thought it was in San Francisco though that game, the uh, the one with the lights. That was in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm reading it right now. The Ravens played the Colts and beat the Colts. Uh, Broncos played. Oh no, that was the Raven when the Ravens beat the Broncos in the Mile High Miracle. Yeah, and then they beat oh, the yeah, Patriots. That's right, the first year of uh, Peyton. That's right. Yeah, they beat the Patriots in in New England. Uh, let's see. The 49ers beat the Packers. But the seat, the seating would have been different. Like who yeah. was, uh, who, the skins were, cause they, no, they had won the division. So they, they were, the division, yeah. they were the game. four seed. Yeah. Yep. So it would, cause the Falcons won the South. 
and if I remember, they had the home field advantage. So it would have been Falcons versus Washington and Niners versus Green Bay. I think. I don't know. Either way, like it's they would have played. Yeah. If who is the, uh, Washington would have been the highest seed remaining, so they would have played whoever the the number one seed is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they would have played the Niners then. Yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah. the Falcons the Falcons ended up beating the Seahawks that year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. The NFC Championship game was was Falcons Niners. Either way. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Paul, any any takeaways from from that, like like that year? Yeah. So I mean, I, I've I had season tickets. You know, still. Well, I guess I technically still do. But um, <laughs> they. I <laughs> saw. So I was there that. Uh, yeah, for every game that year, obviously that was a such an exciting. Uh, exciting year um yeah i think i mean mc caps capsulated it a lot uh, i mean there's a lot of exciting moments that season um you know i um the you know the run we talked i think before this before the call about rg3's run against i think it was minnesota where he where he just showed that track speed and just broke away from everybody and was just you know yep. busting at 90 yards that's also the game adrian peterson got his knee uh, and then had to rehab. Oh yeah. Um, wow. I about that. Um, and so, yeah. And then, yeah, like you mentioned the Thanksgiving game, I still remember where I was, you know, where I was, I was away with my family, but uh, I had to stop and watch that game. And like you said, is one of the best games of all time in terms of <laughs> Redskins lore is, you know, you know, the rookie quarterback beating the brakes off the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Fantastic day. One of the best days ever for Redskins <laughs> fans, you know, other than the Super Bowl wins, you know, that's, yeah, especially for the younger, younger Redskins fans, you know, that's probably the highlight, you know, highlight for those, for the younger fans that are, yeah, hadn't seen or were young when they won the Super Bowls, you know, that was probably the best Redskins game ever. Yeah. It was that game. So yeah, it was, it was a three at halftime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoked yeah. them. It was awesome. And they're yeah. stupid and they're stupid spaceship looking stadium. Yeah. God, I hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got to Like, you know, we haven't talked about it, about him at all. But one of the best things about that season was was Alfred Morris. He is still oh, to this absolutely. day one of my favorite, mm-hmm. like favorite running backs for Washington of all time, because like maybe it was scheme. OK, they say that, you know, the Shanahan scheme works really, really well for running backs. But, dude, he was a freight train. Would just yeah. run people over, and that's how we beat Dallas in game in week 17. Is mm-hmm. like RG3 was just like, here, take the ball, Alf, and Alf just ran <laughs> over that's everybody. Right. And three, it was three touchdowns in that game. Oh, dude, I miss him so much. I know, like, it just didn't work right for him here after uh, the Shanahan's were gone. But man, like, oh, he was he was like my my sleeper favorite. Like, I, I loved him. Like, such a great he's story. A great dude. Yeah, because if if you remember. He, I mean, he was six round. He was a six round pick. He wasn't even supposed to really make the team, really. If I remember correctly, uh, Tim Hightower, I think, was supposed to was like the starting running back, but he was hurt. Yep. Uh, I believe Roy mm-hmm. Hallou, Roy Hallou also got hurt. Like all of our all of our running backs, basically, it, basically beforehand, had gotten hurt. So he yep. would he he had, he was slotted to be the starter because of that. In, in week one, and then he just kind of showed out. Yeah, man. I was what? really happy for him. In fact, that's exactly what came across uh, my thing. 
I was watching Alfred Morris highlights. That's what it, that's what it was from from his time here. In his in his rookie year, he had sixteen hundred yards. Like <laughs> that's that's a, that's unheard of. Like oh, dude, that was such an awesome season. Like it was such a shame the way it, the way it fell apart. But like. Man, what a oh, that it was should what could have been, you know? Like we'll we'll toast yeah. toast to that. Um my turn. So if I'm picking a favorite run, it's hockey. Um I love the Nats. I really do. Baseball's my favorite sport, but the Caps are my favorite team of all time. Um because I've been around them so much. Uh, when I was a kid, my aunt used to work at the Capitol Center. So I used to get to go to games all the time in that old, dingy, disgusting place known as the Capitol Center. Um, but, I, but I love that team, man. I, I just absolutely love them. And I've had my heart broken year after year after year after year after year by, by that team. And it's not their fault. They just... And that's the thing is, like, you can't blame teams for this sort of thing. You can't say that they're cursed or that they choke. Like, especially in hockey, weird shit happens in hockey way more than any other sport. Mm-hmm. True. Like, these odd bounces of a puck, these – your skate breaks in the middle of skating. Like, if you look at the the playoff run from 2018, there's a goal that the, um, the Golden Knights score in the uh, Stanley Cup final where um, – DSP's skate actually like snaps and like how how friggin rare is that dude like that that doesn't happen and like it allowed them to score a goal and like uh, a few years prior when they lost to the Rangers they were up uh two games to none on the Rangers and the Rangers came back and won four to three uh won the series four to three the Rangers scored the game-winning overtime goal off of a fluky bounce off of Holtby's pads so the guy shoots it it bounces off his pads right to a ranger and he shoots it in like you can't plan for that sort of stuff man it's just absolutely insane and like watching that 2018 run when they had gotten rid of some of their high priced talent and you were like well it's going to be a rebuilding year or, or something like they're just they're going to have to fill in the gaps and they brought in guys like Lars Eller who's not a high priced player uh Devonte Smith Pelly who again not not high priced at all like kind of bargain basement if you really want to break it down but they managed to get career years out of guys off of the scrap heap Lars Eller was was stellar um DSP was okay in the regular season but that dude found another gear in the playoffs I've never seen anybody that was so like like he was on nobody's radar. Nobody was expecting anything it's from the Devontae. Michael Michael Taylor of hockey. Michael A. Taylor. <laughs> exactly. There you go. He's the Michael A. Taylor of hockey. Oh man, I almost want to see if we can reach out to DSP and be like, hey, we came up with a nickname for you. Oh. <laughs> but but like everything came together, and that's and and I'm not just talking about the play. The guys played incredible. But let's not rem- let's not forget that they started off. One, their number one goalie wasn't starting in the playoffs. Holtby was on the bench. It was Philip Grubauer. And they lost the first two games at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were down 2-0. And, like, I I was on vacation at the time. I was like, well, fuck this. Another year of them not uh, meeting their potential. Like, I'll just stop watching. I don't give a shit. And while I was on vacation, they won one of the games in Columbus and it, they won in overtime. And I was like, oh, OK, lucky bounce. Good for them. Whatever. They're still going to lose. And then they tied it up two two. 
And when I came back home, I like was kind of like catching up on the games and I looked at the games and I was like, wait a minute. Something different's happening here. This isn't the same caps from before. Like they're playing on a different level. When they get down, they're playing harder instead of when they get down just kind of giving up. Like remember that from years past? Mm-hmm. Like they would just kind of phone it in. This yep. was a different team, man. And th- they had a different mindset. But not only that, weird shit was happening. Instead of pucks bouncing off the post f- against them, like open shots and, and it goes past the goalie and it clangs off the crossbar and they don't score. And then the other team takes it around the other side and they score on a fluky bounce. No, it was going the caps way. Uh, that's what happened in that overtime game. They, uh, the guy Cam Atkinson had this open shot. It bounces off the post. Caps turn around, score. Eller scores the game winning goal. Those things were now going in their favor, but it, it was like they were in the right place at the right time. And they say that about hockey all the time, that it's a defensive game in the playoffs and that you have to be in the right place at the right time. And like they beat Columbus and I was like, all right, good for them. You know, they won four in a row. OK, but now they got to go against Pittsburgh. Here we go again. Right. <laughs> and like it was the same thing, like Pittsburgh started off. Pittsburgh beat them. And I was like, oh, well, this sucks. And then the Caps came back and they won it and they tied it. It was two. It was uh, one game apiece going back to Pittsburgh. And they went back and forth like it was two games. It was two. It was two to two coming back to D.C. for game five. Right. And they got down in the third period. And like I I actually podcasted this and it was one of my proudest podcasting moments. I basically said that they were going to win the series after they won game five. I was like, they're winning it. It's over. They're, They're doing it because in game five, they were down three to three to one. And in the third period, like as soon as they came out, they were like, well, the Caps are going to have to do something to get back in this game. Like within 13 seconds, they scored a goal. And I was like, (laughs) three to two. And I was like, all right, here we go. And then two minutes later, scored another goal. I was like, oh, shit, now it's tied. And then they scored another goal. And it was like six to three is what they won. But what wasn't it wasn't so much that the Caps won. And I was like, oh, okay, well, the players really seem to be confident they're going to win this series. No, it was the fan response. Because if you know anything about the Caps, whenever the Penguins come to town and the Penguins beat the Caps in D.C., Penguins fans go to the National Portrait Gallery, which is right across the street from um, Capital One Arena. And they all celebrate there and they wave their stupid fucking terrible towels and they act like <laughs> dickheads like they always do. And they like celebrate on the, on our stairs, on our fucking stairs. And like after we beat them in game five – Almost every Capitals fan went to those stairs and was celebrating and they were burning Penguins jerseys and burning terrible towels. And I was like, oh, fuck, they pissed the fans off. Oh, this shit's real. I was like, the fans are now mad. I was like, this is something like it's like we willed the team. The team was like, we're fighting for this. And the fans were like, we fucking got your back this time, man. Because normally, again, D.C. fans are just like, oh, same old Caps. They're going to lose it. No, nah, they weren't buying that this year. And like they went to Pittsburgh. And they scored that amazing overtime goal by Kuznetsov and win the series. And, like, nobody saw that coming. After they won that game, I was like, "They're th- this is it. They're going all the way. Like, no one's going to stop them. And, like, they get to Tampa and they go up two games to none on Tampa. And Tampa's supposed to be unstoppable. And I was like, oh, shit, they might actually do this. <laughs> and then the old Caps came back. And the old Caps came back and they were like, hey, remember us? Yeah, yeah, we're going to lose three in a row to Tampa. And I was like, well, this sucks. But you know what? This is a hell of a run. They, they gave it their all. They beat Pittsburgh finally. I'm okay with them if they if they don't get past the, the Lightning. And then, again, this team has no quit in them, just like the same thing we said with the Nats. They managed to shut the Tampa Bay Lightning, the highest scoring team in the NHL. They shut them out twice in Game 6 in D.C. and then turn around and do it in Game 7 
in Tampa. And then not only that, at one point, they're up one nothing, right? And Tampa starts some shit with the Caps players, and they pull Evgeny's Kuznetsov's jersey off, and they throw it on the ice. And Tom Wilson was like, oh, that shit's not going to fly. And as soon as he got out of the penalty box, he started to fight with the dude and beat his ass down. And the Caps ended up winning five to nothing, I think. Like... They were the team that had the heart. They were the team that had that extra drive instead of vice versa, instead of them being the ones that gets walked all over. And like, it was amazing because this team that had been the laughing stock for years, oh, the Caps are always going to choke. Oh, look, they lost in the first round to an eight seed. Oh, look, they lost to this this team they should have beaten. Oh, they lost to the Penguins again. They're never going to get over the hump. They were doing all of the things that everybody said they couldn't do. And then they play Vegas. They lost that first game, but honestly, like that that game was bullshit, anyways. Like, yeah. yep. It, they, yeah, a really great moment from that game, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, the the whole game was messed up. Like the Caps, they they fought back a whole bunch of times, but the refs were just like blind to that game or something. I don't know. But game two, game two was if you had any doubt left that the Caps were not going to win the Stanley Cup, when Holtby made the save, it was well, over. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. no way Vegas was coming back from that. Like, they go back to D.C. and they throttle Vegas in D.C. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only thing that I had doubt in was in Game 5 when they were in Vegas. Vegas got up on them. Uh, they were up two. Or they are up one going into the third, right? And I was like, I don't know if yeah. this is going to happen, man. And then our magic man, the guy we talked about, DSP, DSP. the Michael E. Terrell of hockey, makes quite possibly the most amazing goal I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, that like the puck is out of his reach and he dives to get the puck and shoots it past uh flurry. Like I've never seen a goal like that before. That was incredible. <laughs> and like, yeah, Eller scores the game winning goal, but like that goal by DSP was just, it was a work of art. Like it was just, it was beautiful. And like that poor dude, he didn't even make the team the next year. Like they, <laughs> like he was, he was playing in Hershey. Like they brought him up in the playoffs against, uh, against the hurricanes. But like, if you look at his career holistically, he just was not a big name player. But God damn, that guy put it together in the playoffs. And like, as far as I'm concerned, again, if I ever see DSP like floating around DC somewhere, drinks are on me, bro. Like you, yeah, <laughs> you are a hero in this city forever because of that. And like, I'll admit, like watching Ovi lift the cup and just hearing that scream of like jubilation like that 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 made me tear up dude that dude wanted that cup more than any player i've ever seen play the game and like he finally got it and then when he's yelling for backstrom like backy backy like because he was gonna hit they that's they you call out the person that you're gonna hand hand the cup to next and they held it together like the two cornerstones of the franchise that that was that was amazing like that again the nats run way more impressive but the Caps one went, meant so much more to me because, like, they finally got over that hurdle. Because the Nats have only been here for, what, 14 years, 15 years? Like, True. it's hard to develop, like, that kind of, like, close-knit, like – Like, the, the reason the Cubs are the lovable losers is because they've been around for, like, 250,000 years. So, like, it's the same thing with the Caps. The Caps have been here since, since the 70s, you know? Like, we've seen them suck for a while. Seeing them finally put it together was just, like – it wouldn't have made this as special if they had just come to town, you know? Eller for the draw! And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! It's not a dream! 
It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have, I just talked for like ten straight. Minutes, so. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, you. I mean, you perfectly kind of encapsulated. And, and and there's something special about it too because they they were also the first. They yeah. they're the first in the in what what, what was it twenty something twenty something years twenty six twenty seven years. Yeah. Something like it that. Was, yeah, so if it was 2018, the last time they won a championship was 91, 91 when the when Washington beat Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, there's something special about about it for that. Because I mean, if you if you think about it, and Mike, we've we've talked about this a, a number of times. DC is not really a hockey town. Like oh. the the dominating mm-hmm. team is the, the football team, and then kind was. of was. <laughs> Was, um, yeah. But every, everyone and everyone else pretty much played second fiddle to that, regardless of how successful the other teams had been in the last decade by comparison. Uh, they they all played second fiddle, and yet and and, and for the most part, because um, like I I was working in D.C. and so I was I was in D.C. every day. It it was really interesting to see how the city rallied around the caps when normally like they they didn't care if, if, the, yeah. if the caps were playing like through those early couple of series like the only people i knew who were excited were people i would see at the bar <laughs> watching the games when they were on but by and large I, people didn't really care and then as they as they when they made it to the stanley cup it was like something shifted and all of a sudden i'm seeing go caps on the uh, on the hi- on the highlighted screen on the metro buses, I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing it, I'm hearing go caps over the PA system on the train. I'm seeing people around who I don't normally see in caps gear, rocking shirts, rocking hoodies, uh, rocking hats, rocking whatever kind of gear that they had, and, and especially going into the, the uh, game five, you you couldn't go anywhere without seeing uh, caps gear. Cavs gear, regard people of all ages, of all races, of all backgrounds, everyone had rallied around this team that, for the most part, like I said, was was mostly considered a second a second fiddle team unless you really really followed hockey. And so that was really nice to kind of see the entire city unite and and get super excited. And I, I told you already, I, I was downtown when they won, yeah, and it was a madhouse. <laughs> it yeah. was it was crazy, but it was it was so exciting and so fun. Like there's there's just something great about and especially for me being able to see a championship for the first time in my life because I I was three years old and not really that conscious when uh, <laughs> when the Skins won. I wasn't yeah. watching football or anything, but it was just something really great about seeing and experiencing it for the first time but also seeing that you know we're we're more alike than we are different and at least for for a series dc was united in celebrating that hey we can win titles here yeah exactly yeah yeah i was i was actually privileged enough to be in the arena on that night, um, you know, watching it on the big screen and it is just, and then coming out, you know, it was of course crazy inside the arena, but then out on the street 
like you said, MC, it was just, I mean, you, you could not move <laughs> downtown, you know, at, at all. There were so many people down there. Uh, and everybody, all types, like you said, folks that, you know, normally were, you know, football fans, baseball fans, basketball fans. Everybody's got the red, you know, all the red caps gear just mm-hmm. partying. You know, like yep. it's like, yeah, like, like, it, like you said, it was, it's been 30 years since we had a party. So we're turning up tonight. It was just so it's a moment I'll never forget for sure. Downtown, yeah. you know, there that on the streets of D.C., you know, that night, you know, and yeah. down in Chinatown. Yeah. You know, being down there and yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it got loud. I'm sure it got loud when when uh, when um, DSP scored that goal, because I was actually outside. I was actually out. I actually uh, stepped outside for a second and um, when that happened, and I just heard the eruption. I was probably like a good eight or nine blocks away from (laughs) uh, from Capital One Arena, and I heard everyone cheering. And I was like, yo, what the heck, yo, what just, what just happened? And so I looked up and, and it, I, I turned back around to the, the bar I had been, I had been in and saw on screen, well, when I, when people stopped jumping around, I saw on screen them replaying DSP's goal. And it was, it was crazy. It was, it was like ridiculously loud. <laughs> I remember Mike messaging me like right in that moment was like, DSP, he's the man, he did it. Cause he, cause he is, cause he had scored and oh, uh, dude. It, it, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And like not to discredit the Nats in any way, shape or form, but comparatively, like when I, um, we go to, I mean, not to brag or anything, but like as a family, we go to D uh, we go to Disney world a lot on vacation. That's like our vacation spot to go to. And I'd been lucky enough that I got to go to Disney World right after the Caps had won the Stanley Cup, but then also right after the Nats had won the World Series. And you saw so many people wearing Caps stuff in Disney World after they won the World Series. Everybody. like, And every single time you saw it, like you didn't even have to say anything. You would just like meet eyes with somebody else, and they would smile, and you would smile, and you'd be like, go Caps! It was just like – it was this <laughs> awesome thing, right? With the Nats, though, it was way more reserved. Like, I ran it. I was wearing my Nats championship shirt. I was wearing a Nats hat. Like, I was doing everything I possibly could in hopes that I would have that same kind of connection. But, like, not really. No. The only thing I got to do is, like, anytime I saw somebody wearing an Atlanta Braves anything, I just kind of, like, looked them up and down (laughs) and just kind (laughs) of chuckled to myself. And like one, like one guy caught me doing it and he goes, yeah, nine runs in the first. I was like, yeah, that sucked, didn't it? Like just kind of walked away. Like it was, it it was cool. Like it really, it really was like, it's yeah. I mean, we may never see the football team ever do anything ever again, ever period. Who knows? But like, at least we got these little bits and pieces. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about though, cause we missed uh, one of the sports we did three. So, um, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the basketball team real quick. Cause MC, you'd mentioned that you had had a moment. Um, Paul, I don't know if you did or not, but I, I, I definitely have one too, but we'll start with our guest. Paul, did you have any moments from like wizards or bullets fame where you were like, it was, it was fun to be a fan. 
Um, uh, let's see. I, I, I think uh, some of the more fun times um, in in fairly recent history would be uh, the you know the age zero days with the gold jerseys and Gilbert being Gilbert. Um, yeah. yeah, there were some fun there were some fun seasons in there too, and they did well during some of his time here. Um, so I think that's kind of the more for me, uh, re- in terms of recent, more recent memories, and and is the time with the Gilbert Arenas kind of uh, years until that totally blew up, <laughs> and so I think those were those are some fun years where you, uh, I'll remember, yeah, you know, remembering. I don't know if you remember his. Somebody asked him like, how did you decide, uh, you know, to come here as opposed to I think it was Sacramento or something that he was deciding between, and he said something like. Uh, I flipped a coin <laughs> like that was something something stupid like that, like how he decided to come to uh, D.C. over the other team because they were wow. very competitive offers. And uh, he said, oh, I just flipped a coin. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that but that was Gilbert. I mean, that, yeah, that yeah. was him. Yeah. He, yeah, he was he was a he was a unique cat for sure. Um I can't remember exactly what year it was, but I remember it was the year where everybody made the playoffs. So <laughs> all of the teams made the playoffs. So like the, uh, the Caps did, the Nats did, uh, the Wizards did. I don't remember if the football team did. I think they did. But um, it was the year that we had Paul Pierce. And it stands out for me because I turned on one of the games because they had gotten into the second round and they were playing the, the Hawks. And my wife and I were watching it and she was just like, I've been to wizards games. I've never heard it this loud there ever. And I was like, yeah, me neither. Like the crowd was into it. Everybody was chanting. Like it was a back and forth battle. And then like, there's like four seconds left and Paul Pierce dribbles down the court. When they blew a 20 point lead against the warriors, Beal letting the clock wind down Beal against Bazemore. Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three, Pierce with two, Pierce fall away at the horn. And nails this game-winning shot. And then when the reporter's like, did you yell bank at the end of the game? And he goes, no, I yelled game. And I was like, oh, that's so dope. <laughs> like, to have a player, to have a player with that kind of swagger, like, we never had that. You know, like, that that was just amazing. And, like, that they ended up losing that series, if I remember, to, to Atlanta. But, like, it was still yeah. just, it was such a, it was such a fun run that they had. For like, if I remember correctly, like I think second. I think uh, Wall got hurt. I think in the second, in like the yeah, in that round, and that like, and that was that was a big reason why they like got blown out in the in in the end because Wall ended up getting hurt. He tried to come out and play and just reaggravated it and ended up missing it, missing the rest of the the game. Something like that. I might be I might be misremembering. That was a fun moment though. Yeah. No, I definitely remember that too. I remember he hurt like his ankle or his elbow or something like that. Or maybe his wrist. He fell on his wrist. I think is what it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I I want to I, I want to say this with I don't I don't remember, but they should have beaten Atlanta that year because they were but they were a better team. Was it Atlanta that they lost to, or was it the Pacers that they lost to? I don't even remember that's what year it was. I gotta look it up. Question. I think it might have been the Pacers. I think it might have been the Pacers because. 
Let me see. Yeah, because they... Yeah, he played they... for the Wizards in 2014-2015, so... Yeah. Wizards 2014, 2015. Oh, that's as, we, we, as we all yeah, they it. did lose to Atlanta. They lost in six. Oh, was it okay? Did they all beat right. the Pacers then? Because I remember them playing the Pacers and Paul George was playing and he was like having an awful series or something. Like for some reason he like wasn't scoring any points at all. It was like no, something strange that was, like that. No, that First was the round. season where they uh, they they swept the Raptors. The the they everyone that picked that was one of the years. Because the Wizards never got never got first round love, but the, yeah. they they had chosen the the Raptors to 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 beat to to beat the Wizards and they swept them. Yeah. Um. Then they won. They won two. They won two of the first three games versus Atlanta, including the I called game. Yeah. And then they lost the final three. Oh man. I remember he he called game on that one, but then if I remember correctly, in the next game. Um, he hit like a game winner again, but there was still a little bit of time left and Atlanta ended up like scoring yeah. and like, yeah. Or maybe it was game five where, yeah. Cause Atlanta won 82 to 81. Yeah. And he like, yeah, I think, it was, he, yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, two almost, seconds left or something. And they hit yeah. a, hit a dream. Uh, yeah. Just a fluke shot. Out, yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah, to win it. Al Horford. I, yes. I yeah. <laughs> I I like if if we ever do a podcast about people you just loathe in sports. Yeah. Al Horford and Kelly Olin. <laughs> those two. I dislike both of them immensely. Yeah. Let's um let's do this. Let's go ahead and, and we'll we'll wrap it up here with one more. Um do we want to do a, a non DC team that we were that was an awesome run, or do we want to do the ones where we just like we just enjoyed watching a team we hate crumble? Which one would we prefer? Paul, since you're our guest, I'll let you pick. Oof. Um, shoot, that's tough. Um, uh, it sounds like there's more uh, there's more behind the second one, uh, more <laughs> more more joy behind the second one. Yes. So we can Let's, go with, we we can go with that one. Let's do that one then. Um, <laughs> so, um, MC, why don't you go ahead and start us off, man? Give us one where you just like. There was no DC team left in it, but you just enjoyed watching a team you hate or a player you hate just 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 get destroyed. Uh, um, Cowboys. I think I think this is like the easy. It's like oh, yeah. my easy answer right there. Yeah. Uh, Dak's first year when they lost to Green Bay, because <sighs> everyone everyone was super super hype about Dallas that year. I unfortunately went to. Uh, uh, the game where they they beat us here um, that year, and just everyone was so hype. And so, part of the reason Stephen A. Smith has become one of my favorite sportscasters in recent years because he loves to troll Cowboys and especially Cowboys fans. <laughs> and if I, I I just remember them going up against A. Rod, and and they scored and seeming they they tied Dak tied it. And seemingly you thought, oh, okay, they're gonna go to overtime, and hell, they they might win if they if you if they get the ball here. And then A Rod does the magic thing that he does, and it was just wonderful. Oh, wasn't he, he on like a bum leg too, and he still managed to march him down the field? Yep, he had, yeah. he had the he had the sweet uh, the really sweet uh, pass on the side to Jared Cook uh, that set up the game-winning field goal, and the Cowboys go home. 
But actually, <laughs> one just came to mind, and then I'll pass it right after here. Okay. 44 to 10. I don't remember the year. I want to say it was like 2009. 44 to 10. The Eagles were playing Dallas. And they, like, Dallas just had this sequence where they fumbled on, like, five straight possessions. <laughs> and, like, four of them got returned for touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> on, like, consecutive sequences. And so the – oh, no. Uh, so the um, the Eagles were up by, like, 41 at halftime of that game. Ended up winning, like, 44 to 3 or something, like 44 Jesus. to 10. That was a wonderful moment. I don't like the Eagles either, but I hate the Cowboys even worse. That's kind of – they're about even for me now. But back then, I didn't dislike – I didn't hate the Eagles as much. But it was just – it was hilarious to just watch that kind of dismantle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Paul, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat in terms of the co- uh, colossal uh, Cowboys – fail um and the one that the one that stands out in my mind is is the uh inexplicable tony romo falling down at the one yard line um to lose the playoff game against seattle where they should have you know they should have won that game i mean it, 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 he fumbled or he fumbled at the one and like oh, fell the field, down oh, and the, like, field goal. Yeah. oh the field goal the, yeah. oh, the extra yeah. point that would have tied it right yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. One of the yeah, that's best right. moments. That, yeah, one of the exactly. best moments ever. Yeah, I don't hate Romo now because games, he's retired, you know? but <laughs> yeah. I loved watching that. <laughs> yes. One of the best sports moments that, yeah, non-DC win sports moments of all time was that epic, <laughs> epic fail by Romo. And, of course, at that time, as you guys remember, he was a – you know, always getting harassed for, you know, having great regular season numbers and never being able to win in the playoffs. And that that uh, narrative continued after that game, even though it was it was basically as much sealed as it can be. You know, like all you had to do was kick the point and, and they botched it. it was that, yeah, that was, that was great. It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love a good Cowboys flop just as much as the next guy. Um in fact, what's even better about Cowboys fans is they love talking smack to Washington fans in general, but they're pretty much in the exact same boat. Yep. There's only there's only three teams that have not been to the NFC Championship since 1995. Three teams that have not made the NFC Championship since 1995. Uh, that would be uh, the Dallas Cowboys, that would be the Washington Redskins, and that would be the Detroit Lions. So... I just find it funny how much shit Dallas Cowboys fans talk when they're pretty much just as bad. And yep. like maybe their regular seasons have been better. Okay, great. But you know what that doesn't equal? Doesn't equal rings. <laughs> so yeah. Um my I, I have two because it's a neck and neck. Um I don't know if I've ever voiced my opinion on this this particular player before, but I can't fucking stand Peyton Manning. I think he's I think he's fake. I think he's a douchebag. I think his whole act like, in fact, there's a lot of evidence out there that proves this, that like his whole like, oh, shucks, I'm just a, a humble, uh, big headed football player and I don't know no better. And I'm, I'm nice and likable. No, that's all bullshit. That's all an act like he only like I, I've heard from people who have got, who went to college with him that he's a total piece of shit. Like there's the whole like sexual assault thing that he did to one of the yeah. trainers in yeah. Tennessee. Like he's a scumbag and I can't fucking stand him. 
and watching him go from the Colts to the Broncos and then he makes the Super Bowl in his second year with the Broncos and everybody's just like, well, it's going to be Peyton's you know, chance to win another Super Bowl and Seattle dismantles them. I mean, just embarrasses them. It was fucking phenomenal. It just watching Peyton with his all shucks looking as he's staring at his big stupid feet and like just, oh, it was so wonderful watching him just lose. And then like that Super Bowl, they beat the Panthers like he shouldn't even get a ring because that asshole didn't do anything like it was <laughs> all on that defense. Right. They should have just given Von Miller two Super Bowl rings that year because Peyton Manning was just there. Right. Yeah. Honestly, Brock Osweiler should have been the one who who led them to the Super Bowl. But it's Peyton Manning. No, you they, can't they, tell they Peyton Manning. No. It, was, it was Trent Dilfer-esque. It Trent yeah, Dilfer-esque. It was. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I mean, that should tell you how bad Osweiler was that. Yeah. Noodle alarm. Peyton Manning was the better option there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. He was he was a shell of his former self. And honestly, I felt bad for him a little bit because he wasn't the same amazing quarterback that he was because before before all that when he was like a gunslinger i at least respected the guy i was like he's fucking good i can't hate him for that i can hate him for being an asshole but i can't hate him for being good but then you know towards the end of his career when he's still the smug prick that he always was but you know and, and then he sucked too i was like well now i can hate him completely okay it was just like it was so gratifying to watch him lose that super bowl and thank god he finally retired because i was sick of seeing his stupid face but like we, we mentioned it briefly watching if there's one fandom that's more smug than Dallas Cowboys fans, it would be New York Yankees fans. Oh, yeah, because longtime friend of the show, Ulysses E. Campbell will tell you New York Yankees fans don't just want championships. They expect championships. And like it's like that's who they are. And watching them get up. Three games to none against the Red Sox. Everybody was like, oh, we've seen this song and dance before. <laughs> then watching the Red Sox in 2004 come back and win four straight to beat the Yankees and then turn around and win four more to beat the Cardinals in the World Series was like, whoever would have thought that would have happened? And like now Boston fans are almost just as smug as New York fans. They're obnoxious and nobody wants to deal with them because they hate us because they ain't us or some shit or whatever the hell they say. Yeah. But back then in 2004, you know, the halcyon days of 2004, um, that that mantra didn't exist. They were the lovable losers, kind of like the Chicago Cubs were. And them winning that championship meant so much to that city. Like seeing their Red Sox finally win a championship. There was like there were stories in the newspaper that was saying that, like, if you drove by uh, cemeteries, like pretty much every single cemetery that you saw, every gravestone had a Red Sox World Series championship banner on it because people had died waiting for the Red Sox to win another championship. And like they were saying that it was like this weird, bittersweet thing because there were a lot of people, a lot of older people who passed away in like retirement homes and things like that after the Red Sox won the World Series. Like they were waiting for that. And like having a sports team tied to your city like that is just it's beautiful in a way. And like I wrote a GGR article like five years ago, like and I said, man, I really hope DC gets to that point someday. And God damn it, if we didn't do it twice. And like it was just really cool that we got to see. We got to be the bad guys, because think about it out there somewhere. Well, now that oh, well, now, now we're not the bad guys because the Astros are the, the biggest douchebags on the face of the planet. But like <laughs> for a, for a minute there. We were the bad guys. We were the underdogs that beat the heavily favored Astros and the city of Houston was expecting their team to bring home another championship. The Dodgers were Dodgers fans were expecting the Dodgers to go on to another World Series and we defied all of them. 
and gave them the biggest of middle fingers. And we did the same thing to Vegas. Vegas was like, we just got our team. And we were like, no, 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 no. We earned this cup, you upstart assholes. This is ours. Like, <laughs> it was so cool. Like, we got to be that city one time. And fuck Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> there there was a minute there where they talked about he might come to Washington after he was in uh, Indianapolis. And like... That would have been painful to admit that I had to root for Peyton Manning. But he didn't want to face his brother. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I don't even know. It's... That's so stupid. Why? Why? And that's the other thing, too, is, like, I don't understand, like, I don't understand that. I don't understand how the Manning family has this, like, this sway and control over the NFL. Because Eli was, like, going to get drafted by San Diego. And then he was like, I don't want to go there. And his dad was like, oh, you can't make him go there. And then the NFL was like, all right, fine. You can't – you don't have to go. You can go play somewhere else. Like, they don't do that to anybody else. Right. Like, Kirk Cousins didn't want to come to D.C. Like, he admitted that. But he came and he played for, what, five years, wasn't it? Like, six years? Like, he was here for a while. I'm like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, I fucking hate the Mannings, man. I'm glad Eli's retiring, too. I hate that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Aren't there more Mannings, though? Like, I was reading something that there's, like, another Manning that's coming up or something like that. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, I don't remember. He's in college. He's in high school right now, I believe. I got to take a look. I have to, Arch Manning. That's Arch name. Manning. Arch, Arch Manning. He's, uh, he's a high, high school freshman. Peyton and Eli's nephew. He has a rocket right arm. Jesus Christ. Of course. <laughs> Of course he does. Yeah. Got to watch another 15 years of another fucking Manning. God, I'm sick of that shit. <laughs> got, got, got a good, uh, like, eight years before we, you have to get subjected to him, at the very least. Yeah. Ugh, God. Maybe the NFL will fold by then or something. I don't know. <laughs> like no yeah. XFL did? Doubt it. Yeah. Ah, oh, the poor XFL, man. Like, yeah. They seem like they had something good going, and then that sucks. Pandemic, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and let's wrap up uh, here. Paul, again, man, thanks for coming on, dude. We, we appreciate your insight. We'll have to get you on more. The plan was for 2020 was to have you on to talk sports more often, but with no sports, that kind of makes it difficult, so... Yeah, sports is good. Anything's good, man. Whatever you got, I'm willing to come on. I'm enjoying it. I'm all set up and ready to roll now. So, yeah, anytime, yeah. man. Hey, quick shout out to this guy, right? I The last time he was on, I told him, I was like, hey, man, you need to get uh, you need to get headphones. You need to get a microphone. Dude went out and did that. Like, that's commitment. And I appreciate that, Paul, that you are committed to this. So we will we will make a point of, of having you on more often on our shows uh on whether it's ggr pirate radio or whether it's on mike on the mic or whether it's on uh, the overflow we will make a point of having you on more often because we appreciate your your insights that you have here um but also too thanks to mc brooks as always man we appreciate what you bring to the table as well uh any anything for the overflow coming up soon yeah i uh i just finished the final fantasy 7 remake Nice. So uh, get a review of that that'll be coming out soon. Dude, I cannot wait to hear about that. Like, I'm so excited to hear about that. Like, I've been like living vicariously through the videos you've been sharing on Twitter. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been it yeah, it's 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 awesome. I'm I'm, I'm actually going to start my second playthrough probably this weekend because it's yeah, it's yeah, I it it's in, I'll save it for the podcast. 
But yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah, you got to tease and the also, folks, man. <laughs> yeah, and and also I'm going to be doing a season overview of Arrow, which nice. and it's start. I'm going to start rewatching probably this weekend. And yeah, but the Final Fantasy remake review will probably be up be out sometime this weekend. There you go. A preview of what's to come on the Great Geek Refuge. Remember, guys, it's greatgeekrefuge.com. Make sure you check us out as often as you possibly can. We'll have more articles, more podcasts, as always, for Paul Kraft, for MC Brooks. My name is Mike Lunsford. And guys, don't be a juice bag. And more importantly, wash your damn hands and stay inside. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.